Welcome to Chiropractic Impulse, an entertaining look at a principled life. This is Dr. Matthew Hansen. Our show's mantra comes from Romans 12.2, which is do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Our co-host, the star of the show, Dr. of Funny, Ted Manderfeld, joining us always from uh, Sock Rapids, Minnesota. Teddy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be bringing the heat. Yeah, well, we always expect that from you. Um, I hear you got your guitar with you. I do. I went and grabbed that. Uh, I know you wanted me to play my Wurlitzer, which would have been much better, but uh, yeah, I got I got my guitar that was given to me for my 30th birthday. So Really? Oh, you yeah. are super old. Yeah. That's what I got from that. So uh, can you play us a little Sublime? Oh, can I ever? Early in the morning, rising to the street, light me up that cigarette, and I'll strap shoes on my feet. Is that all you get for free? That's all you get for Probably. free. You got to pay for the rest. That's right. Just like got to upgrade Skype. We really, we just up, upgraded our Skype subscription so we could uh, add a caller, which you'll be finding out about in a little bit. And if you're enjoying the Chiropractic Impulse uh, podcast, please uh, tell a friend, share it, get the word out. We're, we're excited for all the feedback we've gotten so far. It's been really good. Even the uh, complaints, I don't mind at all because I know that people are listening. People besides my mom and Ted's mom, our core, core listenership. <laughs> That's true. Well, and somebody there was somebody else uh, in. Do, don't we have international listeners too? I think we have international listeners. Somebody in Canada or something like that. That's what I heard. Yeah. Wow, that's I'm pretty sorry. impressive. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, stateside, eh? Around the world, this message is being spread. So what we're trying to do is is have a, a an entertaining look at a principled life because a lot of people look at a principled life as something that's kind of boring or drab or not fun at all, and, and I think it's the opposite. It's it's the most fun to to know where your values are, to know what principles you live, live by, because that just gives you a lot of creative freedom because you don't have to spend so much time wondering and so much time pondering about what life is about because you, you have a good grasp of it. That, little, wasn't, that wasn't funny at all. A little, a little <laughs> yeah. well, Matt, the, the way you made it sound was awesome. Yeah, thanks. That's <laughs> true. Do, That's a really good point. Do, <laughs> it was awesome. I, I, I should have said that wasn't funny, but it was awesome. Yeah, pretty much. It's, good. it's yeah. the uh, principled life. I like it better than yeah. the principal's office. I've been working on that for a while. Yeah, spent a lot of time there in your youth. Yeah. So well, what's what's new, Ted? Anything fun going on? Well, let's see. I get to take off for Dubuque, Iowa in the morning. So <laughs> Just the, the, um, the garden spot of the U.S., Dubuque, Iowa. Yeah. You get to see Dubuque. all the great spots. That's what the, uh, you know, when, when Dubuque used to come to town, my, when my dad was working for St. John's and St. Ben's, they'd come in and they'd say, Dubuque, Dubuque, Dubuque makes you puke. <laughs> uh, is that true? Uh, actually, you know, funny story is in my 10 years of traveling on the road, I've only been physically sick to the point of, uh, you know, throwing up twice. And once was quite literally crossing the border into Iowa. And once was quite literally crossing the border out of Iowa. <laughs> well, from what I know of Iowa, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, pretty much makes makes all the sense in the world, you know. Yeah, exactly. Where the field of dreams are made of, baby. Why couldn't you have been a traveling musician in like Southern California or something like that? Oh God, especially after this winter. It's, like, it's been a long one. It's warming yeah. up here, though. It is. What's it? What's it like in North Dakota? 
uh, it's still a lot of snow. It's uh, got up to 35 today, which is pretty good. My, pretty my favorite summer. line ever, and this is it's April now, but my favorite line ever about um, this type of this time of year comes from uh, comes from Garrison Keeler, and he said that um, God invented the month of March so the people that don't drink know what a hangover is like. <laughs> 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 which is he's a he, he's a brilliant man. He's so witty. Yeah, I just I just love it. He you know if you've ever uh, Garrison Keeler hosts a Prairie Home Companion, which is a this public radio show, which is listened to by like four million people a week, and uh, he does this uh, monologue called uh, "The News from Lake Wabagon." And if you've ever gone to the show, he doesn't have a script. He just sits up there and talks for like 15 minutes off the top of his head, and uh, the stories he weaves together and stuff—it's just amazing. And I went to the show, and I didn't realize that he didn't have it all typed out or written out. It was just—it's just amazing he can do that off the top of his head. Some people are just innately just very 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 talented it's it's really fun to see and to to have it back in that old time radio program days is just like the way that they do it is is incredible the production and the talent and the you know from a musician's point of view the the people he has playing for him are just monster players too oh no kidding yeah no kidding the band and, and yeah he's got a sound guy and uh you know he's got actors that come in and do like tons of different voices so uh you're welcome for your free commercial Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> Tune yeah, in this, Sundays on NPR at 3, 3.15 p.m. Brought to you by the Ketchup Syndicate or whatever. Yeah, Ketchup huh? Advisory Panel. Yeah, um, speaking of people with natural innate talent, we have a guest on the podcast today, Ted. Uh, that excites me beyond anything because, uh, you know, listening to us two idiots drone on, you know? That was the main complaint people were getting is, giving is that they, they, they didn't like us two idiots droning on so long. So... Uh, <laughs> That was me. That was me just signing up from a whole bunch of different emails, though. <laughs> I was wondering who um, Fistercuff1994 was. Finger cuffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's you. Okay, that's good to know. Um, I will. Uh, I'll. I'll. Uh, I'll sleep a little better. I don't. I'm not good with people judging me, so at least I know it's you now. That's good. I, I, I'll let you introduce our guest since uh, I just met him about 30 seconds ago. Okay, Ted, that's a good idea, since I know him a little bit better. He's actually a classmate of mine. His name is Tony Lother, Dr. Lother. practices uh, chiropractic at Booming Practice in, uh, is it Elk River, Minnesota, Tony? And, and over Minnesota. And over Minnesota? Yeah, a and, place I never uh, knew existed before I moved there. <laughs> you might not want to admit that on the air. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, no, don't worry, nobody listens to this. Yeah, that's, don't that's worry, that's, that's, there's only six people listening to this anyway. <laughs> So uh, we was five minutes, and that's kind of the feeling I got. Yeah. Uh, so we brought Tony on here to talk a little bit more about chiropractic. He's a he's a great, great, great chiropractor, great, great friend, the valedictorian of uh, our class. So sorry to sorry to break that to you guys. I wasn't the um, smartest guy in the class, but but I was not the class. Hey, let, let me. Yeah, not class president. Look, Let's though. throw that in there. I, I was the class president. I was the classiest person in our class. Yes. Uh, Tony is also a semi-pro bodybuilder, believe it or not, like for reals, and wins stuff for that. So, uh, welcome, Tony. Well, thank you for having me on. Yeah, good to have you. How's stuff going in your neck of the woods? Stuff is going great. Um, personally, you know, my wife and I just had a, well, our son's almost eight months now. Uh, we were one of those weirdos that did a home birth. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we did that same thing. You did the same? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. It, it's a, it was truly an awesome experience. Yeah. and Phenomenal. 
Uh, it's it's something that I can't even describe in words, but I wish more people would have the opportunity to experience. Um, it's so funny. So many people think it's like, oh, you say that, and people are like, you know, just like, oh my God, do you you know, like, aren't you worried your baby's gonna die? Well, obviously, I'm not worried my baby's gonna. Die. I'm not gonna do something that that I think is gonna put my my child at risk. And if well, if you was, think about it, babies would have been delivered like that for millions of years and exactly like we wouldn't be here if that wasn't a safe way of delivering babies. exactly exactly so it's just crazy um but it was, it was a great experience um obviously i adjusted him 45 minutes old first time they put him in my hands laid him down checked him adjusted him you know i check a lot of babies in my office a lot of uh like kids and i've yet to check one that didn't need at least one or two segments adjusted so yep I have um, I, I, I tell people that too and I see a lot of a lot of babies. I've been at a lot of hospitals. I have had one baby out of probably, I don't know, a hundred that hasn't needed adjustment. So that means that ninety nine did. And so it's 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 more it's definitely an exception for them not to need an adjustment. So definitely get your kids checked for sure. Well think about it. What you come out of a small space head first, right? Mm-hmm. That can't be good. Yeah, on your I mean, neck and, and you're pulled out. Um, you pulled out, or you're, you got a vacuum cleaner stuck to your head, or you got a forceps or a salad tongs they pull you out with, and or they just cut you out the side because you know you're not supposed to go out the the, the right way. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say that's the best case scenario, right? Jeez. They, come out, they come out the they come out the small hole. They're not cut out. So Tony, yes sir, we want you to explain chiropractic to us uh, the way you explain it to your patients. We want a a, a your perspective, how you get your patients excited about chiropractic and understanding chiropractic. That's a, that's a big question. Yeah, um, well, Ted's a, Ted's a chiropractic patient. So maybe yes. talk to Ted and maybe Ted, you can, you can kind of direct him on this a little bit. Maybe some what kind of a patient do I want to be? Or do you want me to be uh, a sexy, uh, sexy foreign exchange <laughs> student? Wow. <laughs> Tony, I don't want to get you in trouble. Sorry. Yes. Wow. Uh, a, a, a sexy male foreign exchange student. <laughs> You're digging yourself deeper, Matt. Jeez. <laughs> Might get you into more trouble. Okay. Um, I'll be I'll be a sexy Canadian foreign exchange student. Eh? <laughs> For a Canadian well, listener. <laughs> I guess first of all, uh, based on this question, you have to learn how to communicate with people um so if he's a whatever you're just described i'm going to talk to him d- differently than if a mom's coming in with her two kids okay that's you know? a good point that's a good point well, okay cool yeah you, you have to know how to communicate you, mm-hmm. you that's that's one of the biggest things is first be able to communicate and just speak from your heart and your brain obviously so to that end you have to know chiropractic you have to truly understand it yourself yeah. and it, as you know matt you went to the same school i did yeah. Yeah. They didn't teach us chiropractic there. No, they did not. So I've had to get it somewhere else. So I've gone to, I know I've read the green, some of the green books. Um, I've read stuff by Dr. Strauss, um, Reggie Gold, uh, Sigafoos. And you start listening to all these people, these these Luminaries. icons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in, in the chiropractic profession. And it all comes down to one thing chiropractic is one thing and one thing only. That's finding and fixing subluxation, which is huge. Mm-hmm. It sounds simple, but it is. it has huge implications in how a person lives their life. And so my people know, when I talk about my people, I'm talking about my patients. Um, okay. They're my people, and I serve them. And they, they, know what sublux- they know what subluxation is. They know why they're getting adjusted. 
you could you could talk to any of them they'll be able to tell you that so there's a huge amount of education that goes along with that because a lot of people come in uh, it, that maybe not so referrals always come in looking for what we actually have but some people come out the street or see our website and they they're coming in with back pain neck pain headaches and those things so there's a huge amount of education that goes into it um, so I talk about the nervous system. I always start with the nervous system. Your nervous system, brain, spinal cord, nerves, controls your body, period. The nervous system travels through the spine. And there are 31 pairs of spinal nerves that branch out from the top to the bottom of your spine and travel to all parts of your body, all organs, muscles, tissues, glands, cells, tells the body how to work. So if there's, if there's a slippage, if there's a misalignment in one of those bones in the back, and you have 24, 25, depending on what, how many of those bones you're counting. I like to say there's 25 because I count the sacrum. If any one of those bones slips out of place, something we would call subluxation. Thank you. I say it slowly, and I look up a person right in the eye and say subluxation, and I try and make them say it back to me, and they think I'm weird, but that's okay. <laughs> um, that's okay. I want them to say it. I want them to know what it is. Well, and because you are weird. I mean, let's fix it. You have to be weird. <laughs> It's okay, because being weird in today's society just means you're not on drugs. That's right. But I digress. Let's go back to the subject. So, you know, I say subluxation, just, and if they want to know why I say it slowly, I say because that's the most important thing in the office, because that's what a chiropractor does. He finds and fixes subluxation. So when the bone in your spine shifts out of place, something we would call subluxation, it will close down on those nerve channels that are right there, and whatever that nerve's connected to is not going to work properly. So in other words, your body's not going to function properly. And if your body's not functioning properly, you're not in a state of health, period. So, you know, when I, when I meet with a person and they, they I mean, I go over a, a history with them. And if I see there's things they're dealing with, I say, this is probably an indication that your body's not healing and functioning the way it's supposed to. So maybe there's blockages in your nerve channels. And that's what I'm here to do. And a chiropractor is the only doctor in the world who is trained to find and fix subluxations. So you're in the right place. That's good news. Mm. Um, so we actually have uh, scanning technology in our office where we can scan along the spine, and it will actually show us exactly what those are doing to the body, how bad those subluxations are, so that when I put a care plan together for someone, I'm not just winging it. I'm not saying, I don't know, 10, 12, what does your insurance do? So... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually saying this is what your body needs and that's what we're going to do for you. So, um, and we can monitor people along the way too. So people understand what a subluxation is. They understand what chiropractic is and the implications of that. You know, we have testimonials all over our walls, all over our website, and they're awesome. But what I tell people is that I didn't seek to specifically make any one of those things happen. I corrected the subluxations. Your body did that healing. And, that, and that's going to be different for everyone. So, but I think the chiropractic message is so simple. And people just, you know, a lot of chiropractors just try and overdo it. It's, it's nothing more than finding and fixing subluxation. Good. Yeah. It, it's almost too simple sometimes for people to comprehend because I think in order for them to be healthy, it has to be really complicated. Well, that's the society we're raised in. Mm -hmm. We're, we're, we're con, you know, constantly bombarded with health is so complicated. You need to be managed. Like, no, you don't. You don't. 
I just had an argument on Facebook today with someone that that word manage. I knew this was going to come up tonight because it was on my head. Um, like, you don't manage anything. You find and fix the subluxation, let the body manage it. You know? I like that. The, the best doctor in the world is within every single person. Explain that a little bit more. Explain what so what we're talking about, um, and you, you said the word innate earlier in the uh, call when you and Ted were talking back and forth and he was singing to you and it was, <laughs> it was more nice. like he was serenading me. <laughs> yeah. I was just observing. I felt a little awkward, but that's why I'm here. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> and I, I am still here. It. I fell I fell asleep about the part where you were explaining chiropractic, but I'm back. <laughs> Subluxation, Ted. Oh, that's right. Okay. Sorry. I'm 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 with you now. All right. See, I, I knew at, I could, I knew I could catch back up. <laughs> I'm looking you in the eyes through the phone call. Um I got it. Subluxation. Subluxation, yes. The root of all anyway. But the uh so so we talked about the uh the, the doctor within the it's your innate wisdom, uh, it's it's the neural impulses. It's what runs through your nervous system. Um, if you want to get technical, I mean, even a corpse has a nervous system. It's not running. It's not dancing. It's not doing anything. But there's there's life that runs through your nervous system, and that would be this innate wisdom, and this doctor that that knows at any moment in time what that body needs. Because your body is made of like the average adult body is made of seventy five uh, seventy five trillion cells. It's a lot. All doing different things. And so, you know, and there's thousands of processes happening in each every, in every cell there is. So in order for all those to work out the right way, the right time, the right, you know, doing the right thing, that nervous system has to be constantly uh, uh, in connection with everything. And that innate wisdom has to be flowing over that nervous system. So the way, yeah, the way I kind of look at it is, is like those, each of those cells are a living thing on their own. Yep. And, and they're all kind of like high maintenance girlfriends. They need you. <laughs> they're really, really needy, right? And if as long as as long as you're giving them what they need, they're gonna they're gonna chip in and they're gonna they're gonna make up your body. But if if you're if you're not giving them what they need, they either die off or, or move on. And mm-hmm. so your nervous system is what the, your nervous system is like your uh, your cell sugar daddy. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I guess to. Uh... To put it the technical way, because I was the valedictorian, you know. Um, <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I've read somewhere that you you can live days or weeks without food. You can live days without water. You can live minutes without oxygen, but you can't live a single second without a constant nerve supply. That's true. That's uh, true medically. It's true um, scientifically, and this is how we know it's true. But I can live my entire. But I can live true. my entire life. Without a needy girlfriend. <laughs> we, yes. Amen. Yes, you can. Well, you got to experience it once in your life. Um, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You do, You know, how many, here, ready? I'll give you a needy girlfriend in 30 seconds. Ready? Listen. <laughs> listen to me. Seriously, listen. <laughs> oh, no, really? Listen. Okay. Have you guys noticed but, that if you look at Facebook, it, it's like a needy girlfriend? Because it's like the little thing is like, what are you thinking? Where are you at? Who are you with? <laughs> Tell us something nice today. <laughs> Why are you up in my business, Facebook? Yeah, Facebook, get out of my grill. Just let me chill. Get out of my more face. money if you want me to promote your posts. Exactly. What's up what with that, up too? With like, that how now? about you tell the people that I'm friends with what I want my friends to know? Jeez. Facebook. Facebook, you're such a jerk. <laughs> it's a fad. It's... <laughs> Sure. Okay. Twitter's the future. Let's go. Why are we not tweeting right now about this? I'm tweeting about this right now. I just tweeting. got Skype, guys. Don't don't bring Twitter into this. Tweeting my butt off. Yeah, I don't have Twitter either. 
but I do. Um, I am cons I'm conscious of the uh, the presence of a tweet. Now, what I was saying is that it, it's also true that if if the if the nerves aren't going to your body, you're also dead legally. <laughs> so if, if lawyers have cleared it and they can make money off of it, then we know it's something that's real. <laughs> yeah. That's what we need. That's what we need more of is lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, Ted, from a patient's perspective, what what questions do you have about what Tony said there? Well, you know, the first question that pops into my head was, you know, <laughs> or that set off the little red flag was, uh, you guys weren't taught chiropractic in school. Uh, that's a yeah. Sorry, uh, that was a philosophical thing. Um, in school, they teach us. It's basically medical school in disguise. Uh, at least the one that Matt and I went to. The, sure. the reason that the reason that they have it like that is because all of our boards are very medicalized. Um, but when you we, get down to the it, boards meaning the tests we have to take to get licensed. Oh yeah, four big expensive tests. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's medicalized, so it's 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 from a paradigm of, you know, the body failed and the doctor has to fix it, or the doctor, you know, you need all this intervention, or you need some sort of outside stuff, you know, like drugs or whatever. Um, the chiropractic philosophy is an inside-out philosophy. It's, it's your body, the, the, the innate wisdom comes from inside-out. Uh, the brain, spinal cords are inside your body, and then that goes to outwards to all the organ cells and tissues of the body. And you have an ability to heal inside, like you said, the doctor inside is the best that ever was. What kind of arguments do you get into? I mean, who's arguing with you on Facebook about stuff like this? Uh, all my classmates. <laughs> it's 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 really sad. It's uh, they don't even know which way is up at this point because. Do you ever have to, do you have to pull the V card on them? Like, <laughs> hey. Uh, he just takes his shirt off. <laughs> I flex at him. Himself. <laughs> yeah, I said, "Don't make me go get angry." <laughs> you don't like uh, me. You don't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> Yeah, I can get mean and I can get smart. So which one do you want? <laughs> just one or the other, just not both at the same time. Yeah. Oh man! I don't want you crushing my Adam's apple while you're, uh, you know, schooling me. <laughs> I mean, they they have us do some unspeakable things in chiropractic school that that shouldn't even be in done in chiropractic school. I mean, blood draws, uh, breast exams, pelvic exams, like on females. Like what? Why? There's no spine there. It's <laughs> It's, it's like, a good point. <laughs> like like chiropractors wearing white you know, lab coats with stethoscopes and I want to ask them, what do the subluxations sound like? Like <laughs> are you are you trying to listen to their spine? Like what are you doing? Get your hands down there and feel it. <laughs> they want you to listen. Yeah. Listen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, chiropractic at the essence is an art, science and philosophy. So they, they, you know, they teach us the science in school, but they, they, unfortunately, the school Matt and I went to didn't teach us a lot of the philosophy, and that is really where the passion comes from. Like you meet a passionate chiropractor, I guarantee you, he or she is very well versed in their, uh, their philosophy. How many, how many different philosophies are there? I mean, is it infinite? One. one? No, there's one. Like what I just said, the, you know, the nervous system controls the body. Subluxation interferes with that. That's that's chiropractic philosophy. I mean, obviously, there's volumes written on that, but it all boils down to that. Are there chiropractors that don't follow that, or like when you said that you know the the ones that are confused and that, that you're arguing with on Facebook? What's what are why can't they get that? Uh, well, most of them, 
Okay, so most of them, again, you're brought up in school and they teach you pathology and they teach you how to manage the back pain, neck pain, refer out for this, refer out for everything else, um, and you know, only touch someone that's, you know, easy, whatever. So it's only touch somebody that's got moderate low back pain. Yeah, like they, they teach you musculoskeletal low back pain is the only thing you can do. And the reason that they do that is because really what it comes down to is insurance. Insurance only pays for back pain, neck pain, headaches. They, they will not, like the people that I see in my office that have, have recovered, they've got over ADHD or torticollis and kids or, you know, ear infections. Insurance doesn't cover that stuff. They don't recognize it. They only recognize chiropractic to be back pain, neck pain, headaches. So the schools are built on that foundation because apparently that's the only way you can make money in chiropractic, which I'm living proof is not true. Well, don't don't forget the schools are a business too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my, you know, my my dad was the director of financial aid at Hamlin University for many many years, and he he had to very, in many ways, tell me that you know, and tell all his colleagues these are your these are your customers. You know, your students are you you have to run a business or you're done. You don't have a job. Right, and and uh, <laughs> when I got to chiropractic school, I realized that. You know, I, I was I tried to write the best application essay and got the best recommendations to get in school. And I got there and I looked around and I'm like looking at the quality of some of my classmates, I'm like, Are you kidding me? So that's why I was valedictorian. I was trying to get them to all fail out. I was trying to set the curve so high they wouldn't make it, but obviously it didn't work. But <laughs> foiled it, you it, again, Tony. <laughs> I don't know. Matt, you were whatever, you were up there anyway. You were constantly chasing me. But um no, it, it's it, I totally get it. it's a business, and they just want as many people in those seats as possible because they know that every person that sits in that seat is indebted to them for 150 grand. That's nice. Yeah, it's a good start. Yeah, kind of kind of answer your question again, Teddy. Too like what what's what's kind of happened is is medicine has said, okay, we're not going to be able to get rid of chiropractic even though we've tried, um, and so we'll throw in this scrap called musculoskeletal pain, and. Um, the worst thing that the chiropractic profession has done is is lap that up, and and worn that label saying, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we're good at that. Okay, we'll take care of that, and that's so that's what we get taught in school. Because because we're basically wearing the label that the medicine put on us, and that's what the that's what you know our particular school is teaching us. Yeah, and that's that's another reason why I'm so fighting and so against this whole movement. The chiropractors want to be able to prescribe drugs. I'm like, no, you guys are the biggest sellouts already. Don't know. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Because if they do that, I mean, it's a gone. It's it's it, it will completely dissolve, and people won't know. The public already doesn't know what chiropractic is. You give us a prescription pad, they really aren't going to know what's going on. Exactly. And the problem is, people are coming to us because they don't want that crap anymore. Mm-hmm. They've been there. They've already failed at that system. They want to exactly. try something new. Exactly. So that that's what I love. I mean, it, it's when someone comes to me and has already been to fifteen other medical doctors and specialists and all these other things. I'm like, great. Very low expectations here, you know. Like, <laughs> I should be able to meet these ones. Is, uh, it, is there anything you found that you can't treat? Uh, if I found someone without a subluxation or a spine, I wouldn't be able to treat that. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's see that's the 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 rabbit hole that chiropractors fall into is they say I want to treat this and I want to treat that and I want to treat this. I see that's that's the beauty of of the practice I run is that I don't treat that stuff. Um, I mean, there are stories of people recovering from things like that, but 
I make sure that they take the credit themselves for that because it's their body that ultimately did that healing. I was just a, a piece of the puzzle. I just removed the subluxation and allowed their nervous system to speak clearly to their body. And they were able to, you know, whatever that is. Is there an is there an art to that though? I mean, even within just uh, uh, like, what are the varying degrees of the ability of the average chiropractor? I mean, how is the average person like me supposed to know whether I'm getting good chiropractic care? <laughs> the art of chiropractic is all about the technique in chiropractic, and there's that's how you find like how you identify a subluxation and correct it. And there's over a hundred different name techniques. There's always new ones added. Um, I, I always advise people to find a chiropractor who has a specific named technique and diversified is as garbage pail as it sounds. Um, find a, find a, a, a technique, a system of finding and fixing subluxation. Mine's called advanced muscle palpation, but that's not the only great one out there. There's a lot of great ones, but I get a lot of compliments and comments and I think a lot of referrals based on my technique. I'm a very gentle adjuster. People don't like to be manhandled. Um, so is it manual adjustment? I do manual. Yeah, I do manual adjusting. Yeah. What about, so like I, I go to an Atlas chiropractor that does no manual at all. So yeah, Atlas upper cervical. Yeah. That's, that's another technique. You know, that's a good one too. It's very scientific, very specific. See when you, when you say diverse, if I said the word diversified to you, you probably, I mean, just the term diversified is so nondescript. I think of the I would think the opposite of my portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there again, if you think of a diversified portfolio, you have a little bit of everything. You know? Yeah. Well, if you you've heard the phrase uh uh Jack of all trades is a master of none. Yep. That's that's why I you aren't you will never see me massaging someone. You'll never see me acupun- doing acupuncture on someone, you'll see me doing adjustments. And I'm just, I get damn good on doing adjustments because that's what I do. I'm a master at adjusting, and I teach people how the body works, but I'm a master at adjusting. So that's the art of chiropractic, and that is something that takes it's, – it's constant. It, it's the reason it's called practice because you're constantly getting better. You know, um, I was okay when I got out of school. I mean, <laughs> oh, Matt. You remember the? <laughs> oh, yes, I have I a video. <laughs> I have a video of the first adjustment I gave, and it was to Matt, <laughs> and it and he said "ow" and he rolled off the table. <laughs> that, I, do, I do remember that. And oh, I was. I, I felt bad, I but it really hurt. <laughs> See, and, and that just horrified me ever since then. So. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't think I got a good grade on that in school, but uh, <laughs> we probably got a fine grade. <laughs> we we also um, didn't learn the art very well in school, but no. So and that's something the chiropractors have to do on their own. So not only do we have to do the the philosophy on our own, we have to do the art on our own. So um, it, it's finding a technique, and there, again, there's hundreds of them out there, but finding one that you identify well with that you feel like you can explain well to your patients, and one that's going to serve your patients well. So I think for um, me, uh, just to jump in, sorry, but. I, I really like the idea of objectively knowing when a subluxation is there and then being able to check afterwards and see if it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if that's the case, if your chiropractor has that, you're in good hands. Mm-hmm. So, for example, my chiropractor uh, looks at whether you're – I mean, it's, it seems weird to me, but they, they look at your feet. You lay on your face and then they look to see if your feet are in line, I guess. Yep. Yeah. That's And, again, that's a technique and it's it's – 
based on science and they've perfected that. So it's, it's a good technique. Okay. Well, that, that makes me feel better about coughing up my 40 bucks every time I go then. So <laughs> yeah. that my insurance doesn't pay for. See, as the, as the average customer, that's what you think of. Well, yeah. And, and you know, it's, uh, uh, some people get mad, but I say you want to find a good chiropractor, go pull out your uh, list of in-network docs and start crossing names out. Because, <laughs> you know, you go to a private practice and if they're busy, they got to be doing something right. Uh, it's it's just, that's how it is. Um, I don't know. I would just call up a doc and say, you know, what technique do you do? My, my CA was trying to find her boyfriend, a chiropractor, and where he was living and she was calling up different offices and like interviewing them and she was just not happy with some of the things she was finding out so she's like man we're awesome here I'm like well we try hard i mean we we do invest a lot of time um you know you work in your practice you also work on your practice and that's there's a commitment there you have to be committed to to honing your technique to studying the philosophy to doing as, as, the greatest services possible to your patient otherwise you shouldn't be asking any money from them insurance or them if you're not going to do that how hard do, do you get a lot of um how do you deal with negative feedback i mean um like what well like can you can you tell people you know as as a patient sometimes it's hard to go in and say i feel pretty good today like i you know i'm, I'm on a regular schedule and i realize that you know we live in an age where if you can't feel it or you can't notice it instantly something didn't happen. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's probably the biggest paradigm shift that I work on in my office. So that happens at the right away in the consult that happens at the report. It happens. I have a, um, a welcome workshop that I do for all new patients in my office and every single week. I mean that, that paradigm shift is the biggest, if I can change their paradigm, it's such smooth sailing. So it's it's a lot of hard work, but it's totally worth it because I don't get those conversations coming in, especially people that have been in my office for any mo- longer than you know six seven months. I I never get those ever. Like cause, because if that was the case, why would a person bring me their child? Child child's not in pain, you know. To, so they it, it's a it's it's all about educating, really. That's the first and foremost thing you have to do is is get that paradigm shifting because you're right. We get where we live in a society where, um, if I don't feel it, nothing must be wrong. Well, the the examples I use there is okay. Well, well, tell me what the guy felt like when he had a heart attack the day before. He was he was fine. He went out he went out and shoveled his driveway and dropped dead of a heart attack the next day. Well, or how about um, cancer? Going for a routine physical, you come out finding you have cancer. I wasn't in any pain. Well. That stuff happens. Or cavities. You know, you go into the dentist, he tells you you have a cavity. You're like, what? That wasn't painful. So, you know, we live in such a symptom-driven world, and, and but that's the problem. That's the medical side of things. That That is medicine in a nutshell right there. You have a symptom, get rid of it. You know? So, so what you're saying is you can have a subluxation without being able to feel it, right? Well, yes. The nervous system is over 90, 95%. Uh, controlling muscle and organs, it has very little to do with sensory. Five, maybe 10% uh, does sensory work, meaning that things you can feel. So if you're going to be, I guess, 
for, I don't understand it, but the chiropractors that want to focus on pain are focusing on five, ten percent of the nervous system. Well, what about the rest? We learned it in school. We learned that in school. That was the science of it. We learned based on the science that over ninety percent of the nervous system has to do with function, not sensory. So if you want to be healthy, you have to function at your best. You can't have a subluxation there. You can't have nerve blockage. You, you may not feel that. In fact, most of the time I check people, uh, the, their subluxations are they're nowhere near where the pain is, if there is any pain whatsoever anyway. So then how do you, do you feel like you have enough time to educate people? Because sometimes the other, the other feeling I get is that while I feel like I'm getting a good service, it's, um, it can be quickly done. You know what I mean? Like we also live in an age where you, you feel like you want to get something for your money. You go, you know, versus how do you say this? Uh, you you don't, you don't want to go in and, and after and go, well, that took four minutes and it cost me 40 bucks. You know what I mean? Like, um, four minutes. Did I just adjust your whole family? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, no, (laughs) no, but see, I like that because, I actually think that holds us accountable. That holds us, then you know, and and again, in a, in a with a cash paying with cash paying patients, you have to be good because they're going to entertain that question in your head. So, um, I get people in my office. They know it's not a time thing, even though I, my certain people probably are aware of that at first. They know that that they'll see my focus, um, in the adjustment. See, it's it's more about the quality you put into the. The adjustment than the quantity of time. I, I adjust my wife and my kid and every week, and I don't. It, it takes me two minutes to adjust my wife. So if I'm spending any more time with anyone else, I'm cheating on her. That's how I. Th- that's how I view it. Um, so that's the education happens for, and I do education in so many different ways. Um, I do table talk, so there are some things I will talk about while I'm adjusting, um, but we do. Like I said, we have a lot of workshops in the office, um, and again, I talk about nutrition, uh, sleep, supplement, posture, those different things, even a cancer prevention workshop, but all of them, all of them talk about the nervous system because I'm not going to talk about anything else unless I talk about the nervous system first because I could talk to you about fruits and vegetables, but if the nerves go in your digestive tract or close down, what's the point? You're not going to digest, you're not going to absorb it all anyway. So um, we do conference calls in our office, we do... A lot of patient education. A lot of patient education. I mean, it's. I know because I, I view it as this is this is chiropractic's commercial. <laughs> it's you're going to turn on the commercials today and you're going to get this drug ad and that drug ad. Well, this time in our office, you're going to get a dose of chiropractic and you're going to get a dose of inspiration and health. People can talk about chiropractic health and God in our office. They can't talk about anything else. I I, I know I let people talk about God in our office. Strange, but. I don't want to hear about the weather or sports or any of that other crap because you can talk any time of the day on that. We're going to talk about the important things now. Is there is there a uh, spiritual element in all chiropractors, or do you find a lot the majority aren't? Again, the the, the principal chiropractors, the ones who are true to their philosophy, um, it, chiropractic is not a religion, and I don't want to go there, but. If you acknowledge that there's a healing power within the body, your next logical question is, where did that come from? So you're going to, 
I the the vast majority of chiro- good chiropractors, principal chiropractors that I know, um, acknowledge God. That they acknowledge that God exists, and they acknowledge that that the body is created by God, and they acknowledge that the body is created for health. I mean, we're made in His image and likeness. It's which you would assume would be healthy, right? Um, so. I see that a lot. Again, it's it's a fine line. You don't want to say chiropractic is a religion because it isn't. Um, so the for the people that say I don't believe in chiropractic, I'm like that's great. It's not a religion. It's science, art, and philosophy. It's like gravity. I don't have to believe in gravity, but if I jumped off a tall story building, it would hurt. <laughs> you walk around with subluxation in your spine. You're getting sicker by the day. Can't, can't argue with that. Very true, Matt. What what do you see in your office? I mean, what about you with uh, with your patients? Like, do you how much how much of this goes on in between chiropractors themselves? I mean, is there a lot of debate? Is there a lot of? Yeah, I think that's probably hard to understand from from looking you know from an outside perspective like you have. I can see that there's a lot of confusion in it because you know it just seems like this makes so much sense. Why don't you do it? Well, well, or, let or me start here. You know, if 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 I walk out of your school with 150 grand in debt. And maybe this is going down a weird path, but or a different path. But uh, you know, well, first, well, first, let me start here. Do either of you take insurance in your in your practices? I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tony doesn't. Uh, in my practice in Minneapolis, I didn't. Uh, in the practice I'm in now in Minot, we do. Um, but we're about seventy-five percent uh, cash-based. Is there a reason not to? Is it because insurance only does cover backache, headache? Neck pain. That's the exact reason. Yep. Yep. We don't. We try not to do too much of it because um, it's it's kind of contradictory uh, to to what we're we're telling people. So are the major Are the majority of chiropractors out there? De- definitely, in- the majority of chiropractors out there are in network with some sort of sort of uh, third party, being an insurance company. Okay. And so, what the reason that that Tony. And so I wait, are, so really, so you guys are on the fringe of the fringe. We're, <laughs> we're, well, yeah, the reason a lot of people don't do what I'm we're a real weirdo. Is, even though it makes the most sense is because you have to swim upstream, basically. Well, it's, it's my coach calls it the hard easy, you know. Um, being in network is easy, easy hard, meaning easy, you can get patients in, they look in their insurance network, you know, a third party's paying for it, so it doesn't cost them a whole lot and they can get in. But they only can go for 12 times or whatever, and then they're gone, so you have to get another patient to replace that. Whereas this hard, easy concept is I work my ass off in the beginning educating people, and then on the back end, it, it, like I said, it's so easy. When people understand chiropractic, they know why they're coming there. They gladly pay for it and their family, um, and uh, it, life is great. I mean people are coming in. And we're not and we're not talking about back pain, neck pain, and headaches because that stuff gives me back pain, neck pain, and headaches. <laughs> so, um, it really, it's really hard in the beginning. I'll say if you want to have a private practice, the first five years are going to be incredibly hard. You better be ready to work, um, and you better be skilled too, because, like you had just said, people who are paying for it out of their own pocket have expectations. And you better be providing a great service. Part of the hard part too is when we know that, you know, like the first five years when you do know that, and then you get people coming in, and, and basically the way I look at look at it is is like it, it, it you know, because we're providing a service, a, a really a, an amazing service they can't get anywhere else. And for me, my example would be people would come in, they'd be like, I want a haircut, 
I want it to be the best haircut I've ever had, which was like the one I had from this guy earlier. So I want the best cut, haircut I've ever had. I want to never have to get a haircut again, <laughs> and I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's what we would hear, like over and over and over and over and over again in consults. And so, yeah, changing that paradigm is not, it's not an easy thing to do, but it, it does get easier and easier. Well, I'd say especially for the average person. I mean, for, you know, the, the uneducated, you know, it, it's easy to get, if once you're wrapped up into, if you're as passionate as you two are about what you're doing, and maybe I don't want to speak for either of you, but it can, it, it would seem to me that it would be easy to take for granted that the Joe Schmo off the street, I suppose, uh, wouldn't look at it necessarily the same, with the same with the same eyes, I mean, they're going to come in with their own prism of whatever they're looking at, and who knows why they're in there. Yep, but that's patient you- education. Um, and when I do, when we my my team and I go out to events or engage speaking engagements or whatever, I tell them right up front to my teammate to my team. I say, just go in assuming they have no idea what you do. Just just assume that they don't know a chiropractor. They may say they've been to a chiropractor. They may even have a chiropractor, but just assume they don't know what chiropractic is. And start there because when when you truly get the concept of chiropractic, it, it's it's undeniable. It's uh, you know because occasionally we have people that that don't sign up for care and stuff, and I'm just baffled at that. I'm like, did I did I miss something? Did you not understand what a subluxation? Are you you're okay walking out with that, man? But um, it. it at least that's how I go into. I don't know how Matt does when he goes into his uh, when he does external things, but that's just how I go into it. Do you find? I mean, do you do you find? Would you say that the 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 people that are coming to chiropractic or coming to look for chiropractic are just by the fact that that they're coming to you already wanting something different are going to be more apt to listen? To the message that you're that that you're preaching, does that um, make sense? Does it yes. make sense the question that I'm asking versus say, well, maybe, maybe an easier way to ask that is, do you get a lot of medical doctors coming in to see you? <laughs> uh, no, but a lot of nurses actually. Tons of nurses. <laughs> tons, tons of nurses. Tons My of nurses. goodness. Yeah. It, it the nurses get it, man. So if 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 you're in a hospital bed, you better be grateful that those nurses are coming in. <laughs> Yeah, it's really funny. Nurses just get it. They totally get it. They they can see like they can see that the you know the other system isn't working, and they're like our biggest cheerleaders usually. Although they you know have to. You want to know why the nurses are the only ones in the hospitals that that get it and are doing that because they're the only ones not getting paid by the pharmaceutical industries. That's a good point. The only ones. Administration getting paid. Doctors are getting kickbacks. So yeah, I'd I'd rather talk to a nurse than a medical doctor. It's. I mean, it sounds so conspiratorial, and yeah. really, de- and really depressing. <laughs> There's a great movie out right now called Doctored. Matt, have you shown that in your office, your community yet? We have. Yep. Holy cow, that's a great movie. Um, and it that stuff that sounds conspiracy, but I mean, it's it's got the data to back it up and show it. So, Teddy, if you text me your address, I'll send you a copy. Uh, for sure. And I think you can go on DoctoredMovie.com. Is that right? I think so. I ordered a bunch of copies out there. It's not a. Uh, it, it's not a Michael Moore movie, is it? Nope. No. It's not Ooh. a Michael Moore movie. 
No, Dr. Jeff, uh, not Dr. Jeff Hayes is the producer. Um, and he's a movie producer, had, a, had an experience in a chiropractic office himself. And, um, thankfully his, his chiropractor was, was one of these more passionate guys that, you know, knew he was a movie producer and was like, Hey, you should make a movie about chiropractic. And there's, there's sure. kind of a, there's kind of a bell curve when it comes to patients and it's, you know, it, it nobody fits into a box, which is frustrating for me because I'm really analytical, but it is kind of a bell curve where at one end people are like, you know, you explain it everything and they walk out of the office and they're like, no, I don't want this. And I'm like, did you not hear a word I said? Like, what is wrong with you? Um, or you know, you know what else would be, you know, also be frustrating if somebody didn't fit into a box would be as if you're a magician. Exactly. <laughs> or a mime. <laughs> I just, I just want to throw that out. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it would be super frustrating. Um, so I'm so glad people that are just call. like you know, no, they don't want to listen to you, or they just want to argue with you, or mentally masturbate. Um, Whoa! <laughs> what just happened? Uh, we, it took a weird turn. It took a weird yeah, turn. Mentally masturbate sure. means just just be super analytical and not really want to learn. Just kind of want to get, want to get your point across. Um, there has to be a different term for that. <laughs> uh, how about how about thinking too much? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I, I don't want to I don't want to put lofty thoughts or lofty words in your mouth, Matt. But you know, <laughs> we'll edit that out in post. Yes. No, we won't. No, we won't. Um, so so there's those people. Then the people in the middle of the curve. Kinda, let me know, just say this: You definitely don't want to have your parents walk in on you when you're mentally masturbating. <laughs> you don't want to do that at the front of the uh, in your in your waiting room. Um, oh, funny. Then you get the people that get it. You know, they're kind of like on board with it, and they they follow through. And and maybe you know, unfortunately, some people do drop off and care after a little while, um, but not the ones that are educated. And then you get the people on the other perspective that are just like, why don't more people know about this? The people that make a movie about it or that tell their friends or that become chiropractors because it just makes so much sense. One of the, well, one of the biggest can... uh, chiropractic luminaries in history, Reggie Gold, started out as kind of a chiropractic skeptic. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have, have taken it if you gave it to him. And, and he was suffering so much that finally somebody was like, you know, what do you got to lose? And he was one of the, you know, he's, he's probably one of the brightest people that I, that I know of, like one of the smartest, sharpest people that I know of. And um, he got the simple principles explained to him, and the next day he quit his job uh, and became a chiropractor. He went to school. He, yeah, yeah, he sent in for his he, he the sent certificate. Certificate. Uh, yeah. Cracker Jack box. Yeah. <laughs> no, he went to school Expensive to become one. a chiropractor. So wait a sec. Here's here's my here's the interesting point to me because there's so many fun things that we haven't. You know, I I love hearing the philosophy on chiropractic and all these things. But Tony, I want to know a little bit more about you. Hmm. Just like, what do you want to know? What? Well, let's start with. Uh, well, let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> oh boy! Back to well, start with first of all, where are you from? You aren't going to sing again, are you? Yeah, Thank you should. God, we no. should have a little. <laughs> Tony, do you have a request? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he heard me sing in the beginning. He said, <laughs> "Um, ACDC? No, you got some back in black. Back in black. Oh my God! How could you not?" Let's see. <laughs> you know that's my next posing song, right? I need I need to be a better guitar player. That's a sweet solo. That's good. I mean I pretty much wrote that right now. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. Where did I come from? I mean back you got, to you got a pretty egg. interesting story, Tony. Let's wrap up with this. I like this. No, well, where are you from? Where'd you grow uh, up? I've, I'm born and raised in Minnesota, Twin Cities. Been here my whole life. So, um, 
That's why I didn't venture too far out of the metro area looking for uh, better chiropractic schools. But I was born and raised in Minnesota. I love it here. We got four seasons. We got... And as my favorite, as my favorite comedian Daniel Tosh says, "Oh, people in the Midwest say I like seasons." He says, "Yeah, I like seasons too. That's why I live in a place that skips the crappy ones." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. As you were saying before, it's just got it was a cold winter, but that's what makes us real. I don't know, but um, I've, I've been an avid uh, weight trainer my whole life, uh, and right around the end of high school into college, I would have this recurring back issue um but you know my mom had it my dad had it so hey genetically i had a genetically bad low back crap you know i got drew the short straw on that one so um tw- two or three times a year i would hurt myself weight training and be laid up for a week or two and you're was- saying that sarcastically by the way just for people that didn't pick that up but well and so- he obviously didn't listen to our last episode matt that's right Say what's our genetics? We talked about epigenetics. It's not up on iTunes yet, so you're forgiven. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, but you should know. <laughs> no, I love epigenetics, and I would, I would love, love to have been on that call. But uh, no, yeah, I don't believe in genetics either. I'm just that was that was yeah sarcasm. So uh, through college, and then um, I, for my whole life, I kind of I, I had a passion for. Um, how the body functioned. I always wanted to be a doctor because I wanted to help people with their health. So I was pre-med all through college, and, and there again, too, I had fantastic grades. I, was, I think it was oh, top 5% in my class there. But I Where'd had, you go to college? Where'd you go to where'd you get University your... of St. Thomas. Oh, so Tommy. Your, yeah, so and, Tommy. And you could be friends with a cobber? Uh, well, <laughs> I forgive him. So... Uh, so I went through St. Thomas pre-med there, uh, got to the end. When I got towards the end of school, I, I did this the wrong way, but I got towards the end of school at St. Thomas. And then, then I thought, hey, this might be a good time to go start um, shadowing doctors and, and doing some volunteer work in hospitals and clinics to see what I'm really getting into. Well, when I finally got in, you know, to start doing those things, I was, I was seeing patients laying in these beds, um, People coming in with all sorts of things. The only thought that kept occurring to me was, why is this system so reactive? Why I kept feeling like if I would have seen this person 20, 30, 40 years ago, I wonder if they'd be sitting here right now or laying there right now or dying. So there was something inside of me that was just calling out to me saying, this is not right for you. But I didn't know where else to go with that because I, I literally knew no other profession. I went to my... Um, career services office at St. Thomas and I asked him, I said, okay, I've decided not to go into the medical field. What else is there? And, and they literally named off every other science, you know, thing you could possibly do with a science degree after school that you could possibly imagine, but not once mentioned chiropractic. So I didn't want to do anything else. So I went into biotech research for like three years. And I was stuck in basement laboratories with beakers and E. coli and, and you know, growing bacteria. It, it was, I'm a people person. So being in laboratories was just very um, depressing for me. Sure. Uh, I, I didn't feel like my work was doing, I, I couldn't see the, who my work was affecting. I was getting results with my work, but I, I, you know, was I changing lives with that? No. So I was actually 
you're not clinically depressed, but I was, this was the low point in my life. It was, and then when I really hit rock bottom, so what I had done during that time was I really kind of dove into this bodybuilding community thing and, and, um, started competing in, in, in competitions and just so I could have something to look forward to on a daily basis. And obviously the more weight training you do, the more injured prone I became. And, uh, one particular, I was, I was trying to, I think I was warming up on squats and I think there was three and three plates on each side. So the 300, three, I don't know. I had a lot of weight on my back. Um, and something popped in my low back and I fell to the ground. So, and I was carried out of the gym that day. Um, and then I was literally laid up for a week, could not do anything. I, I call in sick to work for a whole week. I was, you know, the thoughts in my head were just terrible. I'm like, okay, I hate my job. Now I can't even do what I like to do. Um, can't, I can't even tie my shoes right now. I'm so in so much pain. Uh, so I went to a sports medicine doctor and you know how it goes. You sit in the waiting room for an hour and a half. You go in, you meet with him for five minutes. He gives you a prescription for pain pills, muscle relaxers and says, Hey, don't lift anymore. Well, that was, that was just like kicking a dead horse. That's just mean. So yeah, I, I went home even like it was just had gotten worse. And finally, um, when, when are we talking? How long ago is this? That was 2004. Okay. Nine years ago. Um, so I'm laying, I'm laying in my bed, continuing to. Um, a friend of mine at the gym, is a, a girl that actually worked at the front counter at the gym, um, was kind enough to tell me about chiropractic. Or she just said, why don't you go see Dr. Fred? Dr. Fred was our he – a, he's a power lifter himself. Um, so I felt like he understood at least the weight training side of things that I do. Probably wouldn't tell me not to lift anymore, but I didn't know what chiropractic was. I couldn't. I couldn't have pronounced it at that time. I could not have spelled it for you. I didn't know what it was. Thankfully, because I probably would have had some preconceived notions, but I went in it's just because I trusted her. I went in and I trusted him, and he got me. So I came in there, literally crawled into his office. He adjusted me. I stood up for the first time in a, two weeks. You know, I was so thankful. And I asked him, okay, so are you going to also tell me not to ever lift again? He's like, no, let's give it a week. Let's, you know, three times this week, we'll keep adjusting this week. And then at the end of this week, I'd like you to start going back with some light activity. Well, fast forward to, you know, two or three months later, I was back in the gym. I was excelling in my weights. I was, you know, a couple months after that, I was hitting PRs all over the place. I mean, I was personal records everywhere. I was stronger than I'd ever had been. I was sleeping better. I had more energy. And at that point, I was like, Dr. Fred, what is this whole thing about? Like, what? Tell me about this. And what do I need to do to go back to school for this? And so, I mean, I quit my job immediately and went back to school because I knew that, that this is what I was called to do. Um, it, it just, I needed to find it. And, it. and really, I don't think I found it. It found me. And really, it was chiropractic is something that I feel that I was made for. And it just took me a while to find it. Um, and so I'm honored that I get to do that every day to people. I'm honored that I, and I love, I absolutely love my job. I don't even consider it work. It's, it's amazing because I know I always, I always think back to that time that of what it did for me. And so when I see someone coming in, I always have, I always think back for a second of, okay, this is the start of this person's journey. So, um, really it's, 
And I, and I, and, and I do, it, it seems like I do inspire a lot of young people too, to consider going back to school for chiropractic. So, and really when you see kids trying to adjust their parents, which I don't advise, but uh, <laughs> they're, they're like, that just, it, it's, I get to go to, to somewhere I love every single day now. So um, I'm, I'm, I think chiropractic is just the best profession in the world awesome i'm really that's glad a, it's, it's a i think that's way more that's very interesting for people to hear you know and it's going to be you know if nothing else you, you sold some patience that's for sure because <laughs> I'll, I'll come see you nice uh that's a nice drive too yeah actually i'm up in the northern suburbs so it's not that far Nah, and i'm passing through there all the time <laughs> you know you need to stop um, by the office sometime i'd like to meet you yeah you sound like you sound like a fa- uh, fascinating person Oh, well, thank you. Uh, that was sarcasm too, Ted. I don't think. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Just that, that hurts. That hurts, Matt. <laughs> oh, mission accomplished. <laughs> no, Tony, thanks for sharing that story. That's amazing. I mean, you almost brought tears to my eyes there. That's it's so cool. I mean, just knowing you as a person, knowing what you can I, I could almost just feel your pain because you're just such a genuine person. And you don't, you don't say things lightly. So I know that you, like, I can just picture you at that time. You know, you were probably, like, life probably didn't have much meaning for you at, at a certain point. And no, well, to give it back to you. There was a lot of people praying for me, and it, it was it was a tough time in my life. And um, sometimes, you know, God has His own path for you, and that was my path. And just a reminder that uh, why well, wake up and do what I do every day. Well, you can tell. I mean, you you can't fake passion. I mean, you really can't. Not not when it comes to stuff like like this. I mean, there's just no way you can't. And you're obviously very passionate about what you do, which is which is inspiring on a lot of levels. You know, um, I'd like I'd like to actually just find a little bit more. Just I don't know, Matt, how much time do we even have? Uh, Tony, as long as you're you know it's a little past your bedtime, but as long as you're cool to hang out for a couple minutes, we can probably sure. do ten more. Yeah, let's go. I'd love to dig in a little bit into the into the bodybuilding part of it. That's that's fascinating to me. Now, first of all, what's what's Mister Natural? And uh... <laughs> well, the reason that that you say natural is because that means it's uh, drug tested. Um, so, you know, the guys you see in magazines, uh, there's a lot of steroids that are being used there. Yeah. Uh, so natural means that we're all drug tested. Sure. So. You know, it's on your own ability. It's on your own. There's no artificial. And I'm not against, you know, people say it's cheating if you're using steroids. I'm like, well, not if everyone's doing it. So that right. they do their shows and then we have our shows. And it's just, I, I you know, I, I I admire both. I'm fascinated by the human body. So bodybuilding just kind of came about through that. You know, you just have you just have a few less veins in your neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have you have less veins in your eyeball that pops out at the same yeah. time, yeah, unless I'm mad. But yes. Well, yeah, I, that's right. I did get to video Skype with Matt last time, and uh, he's looking pretty svelte. <laughs> he could be he could be he could maybe be Mister Natural Minot, but that'd be about it. No, he said unless I'm mad, not unless. I'm oh, mad. mad. <laughs> well, he said unless I was mad. No, unless I'm angry. Like oh. oh. Well, that that joke sucked then. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> no, yeah, it's cool because like, Tony is a bodybuilder, but like his, you know, his face looks normal. He doesn't have the huge <laughs> sunken in cheeks and the protruding forehead and the. 
Well, it, it's strange because if I'm if I'm wearing uh, a sweatshirt, if I'm wearing s- sleeves, uh, it, you know, I just look fit. But if I'm wearing like a short sleeve shirt, people are like, "What in the? <laughs> where did that come from?" Exactly. Um, Why is and, your bicep the size of my thigh? Yeah, and it's funny. I have a not this isn't an ego thing or anything, but I have a picture, one of my bodybuilding pictures in the office, um, and people insist that it's not me. Like they are. Thankfully in the, yeah, thankfully in the picture there's there's two trophies in the bottom right corner of the picture that are actually sitting on my, uh, on my table in my office. So I'm like, well, unless I stole them, those are <laughs> those are mine. That was me. So kids think think you know kids think it's cool. They're like, oh, my chiropractor is the strongest guy in the world. I'm like, well, it's a different sport, but sure. <laughs> You know, I'm not trying to heave pianos through apartment windows. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, strong man, powerlifting. That's totally different. <laughs> yeah, because those guys definitely are not. So, it, is is it in the bodybuilding world? Is it more about what you look like or about how much you can bench press? Is it all the above? Uh, really, when you look at strength sports, you're looking at um, Bodybuilding, powerlifting, and strongman. Now, strongman is the stuff you see on ESPN too occasionally, which is really cool to watch. Um, powerlifting is really how strong you are in the bench, squat, and deadlift. And then bodybuilding is um, really that's where you get up on stage in a very small speedo and show off your muscle tone. So it's it's all about muscle development. That's that's what Arnold Schwarzenegger and all those guys are doing. Um, you still have to be strong to do that. I mean, you can't you can't be weak and have big muscles. You you have to build them somehow. But um, the powerlifting is more about strength. The bodybuilding is more about uh, presentation. So the the, the powerlifters they probably focus a little bit more on their <clears throat> hip, glute, uh, core, and low back strength, whereas you guys maybe are a little bit bigger on the, you know, you want to focus on your arms and your legs a little bit more too, right? Yeah, I mean, and really. Um, what it comes down to is, is all about uh, balance. I mean, you really want to pr- – when you're up on stage, I mean, you, you're really hiding nothing. <laughs> you know, you, you can't hide behind a uh, Speedo. So <laughs> some uh, words to live by. <laughs> yeah. I hope that's not the quote of this particular <clears throat> podcast. But uh, Well, that's pretty much all I'm taking away from it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's all about having balanced uh, muscle – you know, bodybuilders are judged on size, symmetry, and definition. So you have to be lean. Um, and when I'm talking lean, I'm not talking like beach ready lean, which is like eight to ten percent body fat. I'm talking like three to five percent body fat. So it's, uh, and that's not even really healthy. But you know, you get down there for a week and then you come back up. Um, then uh, symmetry. So again, how balanced everything is. So if you're you know, if you have a huge upper body and no legs, you look like a snow cone. That's just not presentable. Um, so you have to be symmetry, you know, top to bottom, side to side, and then mass. So you still have to you still have to carry around a, a lot of muscle. You can you can be really lean, but if you know marathon runners are lean, they wouldn't do very well on a bodybuilding stage. So um, there's a. I think the How biggest much? thing with bodybuilding is uh, dedication. I mean, you have to you have to be so dedicated and regimented when it comes to 
the the weight training and the diet. I have to say that Tony has always been annoyingly disciplined. <laughs> as far yeah, as somebody true. that maybe chased him a little bit academically, he was annoyingly disciplined. <laughs> How much? Uh, here's a good one for you. How much ego is there just in that room when you're in those competitions? Or uh, would I be surprised? No, there is. Um, you have to be. I mean, there's. I think there's a fine line between confidence and ego. Um, the ego, I mean, you can have guys that are egotistical and they're just jackasses. Um, sure. But we understand this is a competition. We've all worked hard to be here. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't want you standing next to me. You know, <laughs> you unless you are ready to do some battle seriously on stage because I, I, when I come out, I'm coming out to win. I'm not coming here to take second. So I'm competitive. Um, I mean, it's kind of like the UFC. You watch those guys beat each other up and then they hug afterwards. So right. when, when we're competing, it's, it's, it's competitive. And sorry about kicking you in your eye socket with my heel. Yeah. I just broke your nose, but that's okay. I, lo- I love you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's not a whole lot of hugging backstage at a bodybuilding show. I mean, you are all oiled up, so that's just weird. But... Well, I hope not, especially no. you, know, you can't hide behind a Speedo if we learn right. nothing else. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's, it, you know, I invite a lot of my f- uh, family and friends to come to it, and they're always a little weird at first. And then afterwards, they're always so excited. They're like, that was so cool. It's so weird, but it's so cool. <laughs> and so and I'm going to do it one more time. Um, I'm going to compete again in 2015. And uh, then I think I can call it quits. And you'll hang up your speedo. <laughs> I'll hang up my speedo, <laughs> which will it's take there. up a will just take up a ton of space. Yeah, right. I can throw out my wife's you know underwear drawer. She Finally, I'll knows. be able to buy some arm butter again. You won't be using. <laughs> <laughs> so here's nice. my last question then uh, on the bodybuilding front. I mean, if you're competing in 2015, uh, by my calculator, it's uh, only April of 2013. How long do you have to? train for a competition um well you have to train for years to put on the muscle and discipline to put on muscle without putting a lot of fat on the body um depending on how much you know weight you carry around extra you know body fat you carry around like what do you what do you walk around at and what do you compete at um i usually walk around somewhere between 190 and 200 I'm trying to get up maybe to 205, 210. It's incredibly hard to put on muscle, especially as a natural trainer, um, especially someone that's been doing it for so long. I mean, when people start, if people are like newbies into exercise, they can put on muscle like crazy. But when you've been doing this for so long, it, it's tough. So, you know, right now I'm about 195. Uh, if I can put on another 10 pounds before I start coming back down. Last time I was on stage, I was 170. Um, and. I'll send Matt some pictures. He can post them. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, I was solely and I had striations in my butt, my butt cheeks. <laughs> and so, you're not too much fun to be around when you're cutting all that weight. Yeah, I know. My <laughs> patients are going to hate me. <laughs> but, but ironically, a lot of them will probably be there, so that'll be even weirder. Bad, bad for the practice, good for the speedo. Yes. <laughs> Got to respect that. Got to respect the speedo. You can go ahead and use that if you want to. Bad for yeah. the practice, good for the speedo. <laughs> yeah. Just send me a quarter every time. Day. Love it. Love it. Okay, any more questions, anyone? Got everything off your chests? 
like that uh, 275 pound dumbbell? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. That's, that's why we leave the joking to me. That's, that's, that's right. I'm, I suck at it. <laughs> he took a swing. He took a swing. as a little outside, you know? <laughs> it's early in the season. Let's not, let's not get jumpy yet, you know? <laughs> little, little dribbler down the first baseline. It's okay. <laughs> that's right. Oh, boy. That was, that was Matt's nickname in college. <laughs> little dribbler. <laughs> was <Wow>. not. <laughs> You're the one that was little dribbler. Oh. So, Matt, do you want to sign us out? Tony, it was honestly, uh, you know, it was enlightening and a great pleasure to have you on and uh, make some sense out of this quagmire that we've put together as a podcast. <laughs> it was – I like how Matt, you know, asked me today to do it. So, I had no, <laughs> you know, I had no time to prepare. And, so I, uh, I like it to be natural. I don't, I don't like it to be uh, all rehearsed. Yeah. Yeah, well, I love it. I mean, this was a fantastic call. Um, you guys are great to talk to, so thanks for having me on. Yeah, Ted, uh, why don't you have a request for Ted to play us out on, and I'll do the sign-out. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Do you have any uh, Celine Dion? No, I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said anything. I'm king of the world. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, you've been listening to Chiropractic Impulse, an entertaining look at a principal life. It's up to you whether or not you think that has been one for Tony Lothar and Ted Manderfeld. I'm Dr. Matt Hansen saying play on playa. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Yeah.